Welcome to Let's Get Practical. This podcast is about church communications from a practical standpoint. It's about what works and what doesn't. It's about helping you cut through all the clutter and noise and get straight to the point. Today we're talking about what I wish I knew before I started. You know, every once in a while I have these moments where I sit back and I reflect on some things that I wish I knew before I started in church communications. And so I thought I'd share some of those things with you that I wish I knew before I even started doing church communications. I came from the corporate world over to this world. And while I thought it was like, you know, an apples to apples type of transition, it clearly wasn't once I got into the role. And so if whether you're a volunteer, full-time, part-time, whatever that is, you're just starting out, or maybe you've been doing it for a little while, there's just some things that I wish I knew when I was just starting out or even like six months into the work that have been really helpful to know. So I want to give you three key insights that I think will be helpful for you as you are starting out or just growing into your role in church communications. First insight is this. It's an old, old saying, but it's so true is you get what you pay for. One of the things I didn't realize was in the church world, there's a lot of free a lot of free software, a lot of free services that promise you if you just sign up and use our thing, this free thing or a thing at a greatly reduced price will service all your needs, whether it's an email provider for maybe your email marketing or maybe it's a website provider. There's a lot of free, free, free or close to free as it can be type of uh, offers out there. And I didn't realize how much I was going to be inundated with those things. But what I also didn't realize was, was how many of those services were going to go under so quickly. A lot of them, it's like a laundry list. I can, I can think through right now, I think it's four or five different providers that promised me things. And if I signed up with them, it was going to be amazing. And it was funny to me how many of those places do not exist anymore. They've all gone under. And I was actually having a conversation with a friend about this a couple weeks ago, and he gave me some really good advice. He said, look, he goes, one, you're going to get what you pay for. But when you look at a company that's doing really well, and they're brand new, and you're thinking about signing up with them, he goes, it's always a good, good thing to think through is how much runway do they have? In other words, a lot of these, a lot of these companies are startup companies by which they have startup cash. And so runway is how much cash do they have to keep going until they get enough customers that they're just fully profitable and they, you know, all the money that was invested in them is paid back and they're going to be sustainable. And he said, think about this like a 36-month rule. He's like, don't do business with companies that have been in business less than 36 months or three years, if you will, because that's typically about the three-year marker is when that kind of stuff runs out, the kind of cash, if you will, runs out for them and for a startup. And if they've been doing that for longer than three years, they're probably going to be okay. They're probably going to be around. And the thing we were talking about, we were talking about streaming. And he said, don't invest in a streaming company to host your church's live stream until they've been around for at least three years. And I thought, you know what? That applies to so much else that we do, that you get what you pay for, and you really need to be careful in making sure that you only do business with companies that have been around for a while um, and have shown a long record of doing things well and doing things in a way that's going to benefit you and your church. Number two insight is that understanding that nobody will understand you. Nobody on your staff or even church members, for that matter, will understand what you do, and that's A-OK. You're going to be alone. You're going to be alone in the work that you do. You're going to be the only person in the room who knows how to do certain things, understands the difference between a Facebook group, a Facebook page, an Instagram story, an Instagram post. You're going to be the only person who really understands that and what that actually really means. You're the all, probably the only person maybe you can fix the printer in the building or even knows how to operate the soundboard. You're going to be that person and nobody's going to understand you. There's going to be moments when you're going to feel like you're the smartest person in the room on subjects because guess what? You are the smartest person in the room. Now, don't let that go to your head and create an ego, but at the same time, 
it is a very, very lonely position. It's a very lonely thing to do, which is why Facebook online Facebook groups are a great way to join. Going to going to conferences are a great thing to do. Anytime you can build community with other people who do what you do, I, I suggest you build people locally who do what you do. Find other people in other churches who do what you do and meet up every maybe once a quarter for lunch. That's what I do to kind of build that sense of community so you don't feel so alone in the work you do because there's going to be moments when you're going to be sitting around at a staff table or a volunteer table and nobody quite understands what it is you do or why you're so passionate about it or why it matters to the church. So anytime you can find community, I suggest you find community because it's going to help you help maintain a mental healthy balance for you as you, as you do this work. Number three, keep in mind that you're a ministry. You're not a support. Okay. So what I mean by that is this is a lot of times staffs are divided up where you have the ministry side and you have support side and support side is typically like facilities, communications, maybe bookkeeping, account management, that type of stuff, the business office, if you will. And they do support. And then the real work is what maybe all the ministries do, quote unquote. And I, while I get why things are divided like that, the reality of it is, is what it does is it kind of, it kind of pigeonholes you in such a way that um, you can easily be looked down upon. And so what I want to encourage you with is, is that what you do is not support in a traditional support sense. It is you actually are doing a ministry. In fact, I would tell you if you have support anywhere in your title, anywhere in your maybe your department, like, you know, we are, you know, we are part of the support area of the church. I would say get rid of that. Call it central operations. Do something else, but do not use the term support because the problem with it is, is one, it devalues what you do is not really a ministry function. And it also devalues you in such a way that when you have one-on-one communication with people as you're trying to brainstorm, trying to think through ideas, or when you're just trying to get your idea across, you're not on equal footing with the people across the table. I like to say that we are not support, we're partners. We are doing this in partnership with you. We're not supporting you, we're doing this in partnership with you. Because the partnership language just puts everybody on equal footing. And that's really important to your communications. You don't want to be seen as a support service by which... If I just give you a task, you have to do it because you're support and I tell you what to do. You know, you're not the hired help, okay? You are communications, your audiovisual, your social media, website, whatever that is. Keep that in mind. So often it's it, it, we are we are put in that role and we're just seen as that role. And you know, that can be from the head pastor down who treats you like that. But the reality is you're much more than that. You are a ministry, what you do is ministry. And don't forget that. It's so easy to get lost in doing in, in, in the work that you do that feel like you're you're being treated that way. And don't let that don't let that happen to you. Don't let that break your spirit. I think that's really, really important. So those are the three things. One, you get what you pay for. Two, nobody's gonna understand you. And three, you're a minister, you're not support. Those are the three things I wish I knew from the get-go, because I think that would have helped me shape a lot of my early work and probably would have wasted a lot less time investing in companies that weren't going to be around. Uh, I would have built a lot more networks in the beginning, and I would have probably had my footing better in terms of a partnership versus support if I knew that going into the role of what it was going to look like. So there you go. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Let's Get Practical. I appreciate it. Do us a huge favor. Leave us already on iTunes. You can subscribe there as well. You can also catch us on Spotify and Google Play. Until next time, you all take care. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye.